0: Eight o'clock hour underway in Indianapolis. Just a reminder, by the way, this morning, if you are out and about in downtown, it is the 34th annual American Dairy Association of Indiana Ice Cream Social. I'll be out there scooping some Sundays from 1230 until 1, but no matter what time, you're going to be down during the lunch hour in particular on The Circle. Would love to see you and get you squared away with a nice little uh, dessert during the lunch hour. Joining us now, he is never the dessert, he is always the main entree whenever he joins the program. Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Also does work with the Big Ten Network. So Mike, I'll begin with the Big Ten topic of the week. And that is the situation at Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald. Um, Is this gonna be a long, you know, it's interesting to me because it's a private university. So like, I applaud Northwestern for acting swiftly. But is this going to be like a long, drawn-out court case, Bob Huggins type situation of Fitzgerald and Northwestern?
1: I suspect not. Uh, I, that's not to say that uh, Fitzgerald will not look to uh, to get some settlement. Uh, it's it's very rare that coaches will walk away from a terminated contract uh, without trying to get some compensation in, in a circumstance like this, but. I don't expect that it would be as public as what Huggins has allowed his circumstance to become which remember they aren't the same uh, Huggins Huggins developed from his own conduct on multiple occasions, one in May when he was on the radio in Cincinnati and used a slur uh, and then uh, and then the uh, second one the uh, DUI arrest in pittsburgh so they're not the same as as failing in some way to have a complete uh, apparently allegedly failing to have a complete command of your locker room and it and its culture i mean that's what that's what sports are about guys in terms of winning losing etc is building a successful culture and and that you know there can be things like this that happen inside a culture that ultimately leads to success on the field there can be they can exist but it's not a successful culture if they exist. you may win games but you are not you are not sustaining a successful culture. the best programs don't have this sort of stuff going on
0: you know the Mike the thing to me about it, do you you know pat fitzgerald coming out and saying like hey i didn't know anything about this there appears to be overwhelming evidence that he in fact did know about it um and i asked this question to greg doyle and i'm not trying to harp on it but i am curious of it i from the university standpoint do you think that they would have taken this as seriously or acted as swiftly if if the investigation was coming from a media outlet other than the one that the university itself has developed in their own student newspaper that is obviously one of the best in the country and one that they are the proudest of having one of the best in the country, understandably yeah. and rightly so.
1: Yeah, Jake, I think if the Chicago Tribune had, if, if, the, if the people who were upset about this had gone to the Tribune or the Sun-Times uh, and one of those two papers had written about this, I think the result would have been the same. I think that the dividing line here is, hey, I didn't know about this. It, if it happened once, yeah, that could happen. If something like that could happen in your program and you not know about it. Because part of the effort in creating a situation like that among uh, particular student athletes would be to keep it, the coach from finding out uh, if it was if it were a one-time thing. But that's not what has been written about. It's It's been a... a, a Protracted, according to the journalism, the terrific journalism produced by the student journalists at Northwestern, it's been a protracted long-term circumstance that, is, exi- that has existed in the Northwestern program. And if he did not know about that, if, he's, if he is accurate and did not know about that, then that's, that's where you say, well, you should have, because this didn't just happen once. It didn't just happen isolated. I, I, I would not hold him personally I, I mean I'm not in charge, but personally, I would not hold him responsible for a one-time incident that happened among uh, his particular student athletes but if if you're in a situation where it's gone on for a while then then I didn't know isn't the defense.
2: Mike, you think better chance we see Pat Fitzgerald in the NFL or as a college head coach again? Well,
1: I, I think I, I think one of the things that's interesting about that is that he had had a lot of success at various points in his time at Northwestern. And so he would have had opportunities along the way to leave, and he chose to remain. It was his alma mater. He loved it there. He loved living there, all that stuff. Uh, and there's a lot to love about uh, that community. If, if you've ever been to Evanston, it's beautiful. The university's gorgeous, and it's obviously – Uh, a place that's very dear to him. So you could understand why one would not want to leave, but they hadn't been very successful the last couple of years. And so I don't know how much uh, absent all of this. I don't know how much, um, how much demand there would have been for him at the highest level anyway. Uh, So I, I think when we, when we see coaches like Chris Beard get hired again, one can never say never. Uh, it's just a question of whether or not somebody looks at Pat and thinks, that guy can make my football program better. If they do that, then they'll hire him. I mean, they hired they hired Chris Beard. Uh, they hired Will Wade at McNeese State. So I would never say that what happened here would be disqualifying from Pat Fitzgerald getting another job. That's not to say I'm endorsing it. Uh, that 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 decision making. Um, I, I wrote a column in the spring about my uh, it, it, the, about grading various coaching hires. I never wrote a specific column about the decision to hire Chris Beard, but when I graded uh, Ole Miss hiring Chris Beard, you can look at the grades and see uh, I was not in favor of that decision. So I'm not endorsing that necessarily. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if it were to occur.
0: I'll, I'll be honest, Mike. There's part of me. I don't know Pat Fitzgerald. We've had him on this program. I, I've, he was very nice. I, you know yeah. that. that I, I don't know him though. But there is part of me that thinks to myself, "Okay, second chances. Sure, if he were to get hired somewhere as a defensive coordinator." then that means that he is entering a situation where there is someone above him of accountability that oversees things, and thus, when it comes to the ultimate responsibility of young people, it's, it doesn't fall on him. There is someone above him. I could see that being more likely than, than a head coach in terms of his immediacy of next job if it's at the college level. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I, I don't know that he would rush back in it to do that unless it were an elite program. Uh, it, if it were somewhere very near the top of the business. I, I think once one's been a head coach and has and has been successful on the field at that, I, I, I don't think that in most cases there's a, a great rush to return to a, a lesser job unless it becomes obvious that there's no other way to get back to that pinnacle. And as I said, what happened here, it doesn't make uh, Fitz a bad person. It just meant he... Uh, that if, if, if this is all true, and, and again, we're, I think it's the fact that this has happened suggests that it is. Um, I, I think it, it suggests that he didn't do a good enough job. He, he didn't, but one doesn't, you know, he wasn't someone, uh, it wasn't a list. He was participating in these things. But uh, so I, I think that, I, I do think that he can get back in uh, as a head coach, depending on where he wants to move and to the level he wants to move. I, remember, he wasn't the coach at Alabama uh, or Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan winning national championship or contending for them. He was a coach at Northwestern who was doing extraordinarily well by Northwestern's historical standards.
0: Okay, but hypothetically, Mike, devil's advocate here, Northwestern this last year was 9-3, and three and they are coming off a 10-win season, and then this happens. Does Pat yeah. Fitzgerald lose his job?
1: Yes, I think he would okay yes, i do uh, i I think that the as I said it's because this was not presented as something that happened once um, because this was presented as something that had happened over a period of time, yes, I do think he would have i I think the fact that uh, remember they they initially suspended him for two weeks without pay in the summer before the uh, northwestern daily uh, story started to appear. I think it was late last week. Uh, when when those ha- when those happened, then the chemistry of this changed. Uh, so I, I do think that even if they had been great last year, they would have felt compelled, just as West Virginia, after multiple circumstances, uh, w- felt compelled to remove a coach that they didn't want to. I mean, he was an alum. He had taken to the Final Four, made the Hall of Fame on their watch. Uh, and had gotten them back to NCAA tournament last year and had built a, a pretty promising roster for 23-24, they didn't want to fire him, but he just didn't leave them. Or, excuse me, they didn't want him to leave. They didn't fire him, but they didn't want him to have to leave. Um, they just, It got to the point where it just couldn't continue, and I think that that's the point that was reached at Northwestern when, when these articles appeared uh, last week.
2: Yeah, Mike is with us, Sporting News, Big Ten Network. You can follow him, TSN Mike, uh, on Twitter. Uh, talking a little bit everything from a college sports standpoint here. With Mike, shifting gears, I, I almost am kind of asking for an update and maybe a little bit of education here, Mike. Where are we at on transfer portal guidelines? Uh, what, if any, are in place, and are we have we reached the end of, like, the COVID cycle? Because I know with, you know, that, that extra year due to COVID – you knows free reign for everybody to kind of take advantage of that extra year. Where are we at, if any, on one-time transfers and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think first of all, uh, we 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 still have a lot of uh, one. I think we have we expected to have one more season of COVID play. Uh, COVID players using the COVID year. Okay. Uh, one, one more season. There might be some stragglers out there because of an injury red shirt situation, but the, the vast majority of them are expected to cycle out after this season or next. So it, it, it is something that's impacted the college sports landscape in an underrated way. Uh, there, there, uh, there's a lot of talk about devaluing high school players. Uh, I, read, I read an article about uh, high school players not being that attractive to uh, to programs now, because they can go and, and in, instead uh, uh, go out and get guys in the transfer portal. And there was one quote from a coach uh, who said, if you're the, 60, you're the 60th rated player in a class, you're, in, you know, you're basically hosed now. And I'm thinking, wait a second, did I just not watch Purdue win dual Big Ten championships with one guy rated 198 and the other guy rated like 85th uh, who started there in the backcourt? I don't think it's that dire uh, that we're at that position now. But it has been impacted by COVID, uh, and, and it has made a difference. I, I think the transfers will come down a, as the COVID uh, circumstance clears itself up. Uh, it'll still be rampant for relative to uh, 10, 15 years ago, but it, will, it won't it will be 1,800 players any longer. It'll probably be closer to 800 to 1,000 each year that will go looking uh, for new homes. I, I there may be some changes in the dates, but they've talked about it. Last season, the open time for transfers began. I think the day after Selection Sunday, whatever the Monday was, 12th or 13th of March, whatever that Monday was. That's when you could say, "Okay, I'm ready to go." Of course, for active players in the tournament, that's not really feasible. If you're if you're if you just if you just got announced on the bracket, on you can't say on Monday, "I'm out of here." Uh, and then expect to play on Thursday or Friday. That they're not going to let that happen. So those players have to wait a little bit until they're eliminated or win the championship to decide whether to take another step. There may be some movement on that to move it till after the Final Four uh, or to late March. But I think that's a, I think that's a, a a bit of a challenge for the athlete because it doesn't give you much time to find a new home if you're if you're not starting the process until basically April. I mean, that gives you only maybe a month to the end of your own semester at your at, the, at your current school to look around and decide whether you want to, to find a new home. I, I don't think that's enough time for men and women's basketball. Uh, and so I, I, I think that that I think we're probably going to end up seeing them stick around that end of the regular season uh, beginning of uh, postseason.
0: Mike DeCorsey is our guest. Of course, he is with Sporting News. He is on the Payless Huggers Hotline, also with the Big Ten Network. Uh, Mike, before I get to a soccer question for you, I did want to circle back to, because uh, as I've always said, you are the authoritative dean of college basketball. And so with the Bob Huggins situation, I want to go back to that. For those that are unfamiliar, Bob Huggins, of course, had a situation, as you had mentioned it, um, some inappropriate comments on a radio station that cost him uh, a penalty in terms of pay then shortly thereafter a DUI and then he sent a, a he posted the following message from Bob Huggins to the WVU community Mountaineer Nation today I have submitted a letter to President Gordon Gee or G I'm not sure what you pronounce it and Vice President and Director of Athletics, Ren Baker, informing them of my resignation and intention to retire as head men's basketball coach at West Virginia University, effective immediately, end quote. He now says that wasn't actually a resignation. Where do we stand here?
1: Uh, I, I don't think there's any question that West Virginia is not opening its door to, to, for Bob to return. They are, they are open to honoring him at a future point in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but they are not open to him being employed there. Uh, th- he may be trying to get a settlement out of West Virginia in the way I discussed uh, earlier. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald may be trying to get, uh, at maybe at some point trying to get some money out of Northwestern. Um, but I, 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 I have no doubt he will not be the coach at West Virginia next year. Uh, there won't be any way to compel him to do that. It, it, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that's interesting about this circumstance is that uh, that they, they, they could have, if they wished, fired him for cause under these circumstances. They could have. I mean, I, 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 without reading his contract and all that, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been unusual, let's say, for a college in West Virginia's position to fire a coach for cause, for a, the, a coach who did what uh, what Bob Huggins is alleged by the Pittsburgh police to have done. Uh, so it wouldn't have been unusual. So I, they wanted him to resign because they felt that it would look better, uh, feel better. Uh, he was, an, he was, an all, he was a, a, a great player there. He was one of the greatest coaches they've ever had, maybe the greatest. Uh, and they didn't want him to uh, – they didn't want to have to fire him. The resignation was the best outcome available under those circumstances for both parties. And I, you know, I, I've known Bob for a very long time. I covered him very closely uh, for four years as the beat writer uh, for the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, when I was working at the Cincinnati Inquirer. So I've known him a long time, and I hate seeing this become uh, his legacy, so to speak, or, or, his, or the last chapter of his legacy. Uh, I don't know where the advice is coming from, from hi, for him to do this or whether or not he's just doing it on his own. But he's. This is. There is no win available for him here, even if he gets more money because he doesn't need more money. He's got plenty of it. So there's no win here. This is all a loss for Bob Huggins.
2: Mike, last one from me from a Big Ten standpoint, and, and obviously things can, you know, flip and pretty much snap your fingers. But we've seen a commissioner change here recently. Uh, do you think we'll get any sort of expansion from the Big Ten, whether it is a Pac-12 school, whether it's Notre Dame? Do you see any of that on the immediacy?
1: No, no. I mean, I I never is a long time. But sure. what ha- has to be remembered here is that I, I don't know the exact dollar figure. There have been various reports, but let's set it at $70 million. It's somewhere in that ballpark, 65, 70. But let's say the number is 70. There isn't any school out there that isn't already a happy member of the SEC. <sighs> Or a or an entrenched contractually obligated uh, school in the ACC until 2036 that would even come close to being worth 70 million dollars to television networks to add them to the Big Ten. I think North Carolina is the closest there might be in terms of their market, which is continuing to grow and the, the popularity, which is pretty high. Uh, certainly in basketball, football, a little less so, but they've done well in football as well. Uh, There's no one that's in that neighborhood. So what you're asking essentially, theoretically, would be asking Wisconsin and Indiana and Iowa and and Purdue to do is say, well, here's take a pay cut out of your 70 so that we can invite these schools in. Well, why? So we can be bigger.
0: What if it was Notre Dame and Stanford?
1: Notre Dame is different. Notre Dame, the door is always open, right. but it's not open for Notre Dame to leave the the, the uh, ACC. They're under that same contractual obligation until 2036. Now, they may decide that they at some point that they would want to write that check to get out of it, but you guys have lived here for a long time. You followed the Irish. They are as committed to independence as any athletic program. I, I think they're more committed to independence than any program I've seen is committed to winning. They love being an independent. I've never been able to figure it out. I've never been able to find anybody who can explain it to me, but but it's what they want. Uh, And I know there's a negotiation out there now about what they're gonna try to get out of uh, their next television partner, whether it remains NBC or someone else, and what the number is. They'll get close enough that they'll be happy. I don't know exactly where they'll land, but they'll get close enough to the number that's being reported that they'll be happy and content to remain independent. This it's what they believe that they need to be as, as a football program. As I said, I don't understand it, but it's what it's what they're committed to. Uh, and so and, and and I I respect their commitment. I don't like I said, I don't understand it, but I respect it because they are so much in, on that side of the ledger.
2: And just to add one thing, their new athletic director after Jack Swarbrick is Pete Movacqua coming over from the as the president of the NBC. So I, I would say it's a fair guess that they will continue to be on NBC <laughs> moving forward.
0: Hey, Mike, before we let you go, I know that you are also a soccer enthusiast. Um, I thought last night was fun. It, it was a great crowd. It was a good atmosphere in San Diego. Obviously, Panama defeating the United States Gold Cup semifinals. My understanding is, and I say this very peripherally as a soccer person, you know, as an observer of soccer, uh, disappointing, but not necessarily like a major blow to the U.S. soccer program or franchise. Correct?
1: Yeah, because what you saw, if you watched last night on FS1, was probably uh, USA two point five. It's probably not not USA one point the best team that they have, the A team. This was probably B to B minus. Uh, it, it it was a good team, but not an elite team by U.S. standards. That there were very few of the uh, terrific European uh, players that are playing in Europe. Christian Pulisic, uh, Tyler Adams, players like that. There were there were essentially none of those players on this team. Uh, this was com- uh, this team was composed mostly of MLS based players uh, who are there to provide depth to the team. Uh, they, they they probably could have played better than they did last night. I think they were a little bit weary. Uh, that they, uh, they they just looked tired. I think maybe from going 120 minutes to beat Canada on Sunday, they just looked tired. They didn't have a lot of spark. It's not it's not important uh, in terms of what it means for the U.S. It'd been nice to win, uh, to be able to say like they did in 2021, hey we beat the whole uh, region with our B team. Uh, as they did then, uh, they, they couldn't this time. Uh, it's it's the, the fact that they won the Nations League, which included all those players that I mentioned before, that was much more important, and they won it easily. Uh, they dominated Mexico and defeated Canada pretty handle, handily. Uh, those were much more important wins, and as is the Women's World Cup that begins next weekend, uh, a much more important exercise for American soccer.
2: Yeah, Australia and New Zealand coming up for the Women's World Cup. Uh, Mike, I know things are going to really ramp up for you here over the next month or so, so enjoy the rest of the summer, and uh, we'll certainly be chatting with you here when college sports uh, pick up steam here in the fall.
1: Thanks, fellas. Always a pleasure.